It's really difficult to find great executives. Spear Consulting helps organizations find all-star executives and hire the right one using work psychology so you can serve more customers and grow your business. To get a free quote, go to spiritmco.com. Enjoy the show. Today on the show, we have Marty. First question, who did you vote for in the last presidential? No, I'm just joking. Just joking. Uh, Marty, who are you? Who am I? Okay, let's start with my name. It's um, I'm Marty Constant. Um, I am a workplace futurist. That's what I'm known by on the internet, but I'm also, you know, married to uh, a wonderful person. I'm a runner. Um, I'm a former marketer and chief marketer, and I now spend my time helping people to cure stagnation in their work life. Got it. Uh, Well, thank you. So what is a workplace futurist? Can you speak to that? Yeah, so the workplace futurist was, came out of my curiosity about why people do the things they do in the workplace? Why do some people land so easily and other people struggle? And I also wanted to understand what's next. And I did all of this while I was a chief marketer at a tech company. I'd seen a lot of change and the future was a big deal with the success of technology companies. And I wanted to understand what makes people successful as they do or do not understand the trends that are happening in the future. So I became a workplace analyst and a researcher and wrote a book on the topic of career agility as a result. That is awesome. Well, thank you for for sharing. So, so, yeah, I, I don't even know where to be able to begin on that. So, so when did you, when did you start writing the book and when did you publish it? Okay. So, so the people listening today don't know that things or assume that things happen fast. It took me five years to write my book. I was doing it while I was a chief marketer for a growth stage tech company. And I did it on the side while I was traveling and, and doing my job. And it was a really wonderful way for me to think about what's next for me. We had grown a company that got acquired by a Fortune 100 company. I then went to work for one of the customers, a a, a global um, electronics company headquartered in Korea. It was complicated and I was traveling to Silicon Valley. And while I was doing all that, I knew that I was going to leave marketing and I knew that I wanted to help people craft their careers in a way that made them more joyful and more satisfied. Got it. So, so yeah, when, when was that Marty? And and when did you then finish the book? Yeah. So the, the book was finished in 2018 so just a little over, uh, it'll be three years this upcoming May, and it has been a platform for the work that I do. When you launch a consultancy or a business, 
it's important to have some kind of platform. And so I, I knew that the book was in me, yet I also knew that I needed some sort of content and knowledge. So I pursued research rigorously. I interviewed 120 people, one-on-one, one-hour conversations. Mm-hmm. I learned from them. I hired a research company to do data research so that I could write a book that was not only filled with stories of the people that I interviewed, but also data that helped people to understand their own behavior in their work life and in their personal life. So just thinking about that journey, for those that are like in the process of, of writing a book now, I'm just kind of like my own curiosity as I started that journey and then put it on pause, but was just kind of curious, like, did you find during that experience the like the, can you maybe speak to kind of like the highs and lows of like, of like writing a book before actually publishing and, and launching out in that way? Cause I feel like sometimes like, you know, it, whenever you're trying something new, you, you obviously get that apprehension and like, hey, is this what I'm supposed to be doing, et cetera. So yeah, can you speak to that a little bit? Well, entering into the research of career agility, it was something that I couldn't not do. I was inspired by agility concepts in the tech space, software development agility. And I wanted to understand how I could apply this to the management of one's own career. So the book became this mega research project that was at times really frustrating. I'd never written a book before. I did hire a a coach, a writing coach to help me with the book because I was a really good writer, but I had not written the kind of narrative that I ended up writing in the book. I ended up writing a lot of stories, not not really chicken soup for the soul stories, but they were stories and they were very heartfelt stories about people navigating through their career. So that part was really fun and interesting. The research was really engaging. And I also got to talk to people all around the world about their roles and what made them tick. So that part was the real high point. For me, the low point was the whole production process and getting things rolled up and promoting the book. I had had been a marketer for years, but anyone who's been in marketing and PR, when you're marketing a new product, just takes a really long time. So the launch of your book isn't necessarily all 4th of July fireworks. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. So Marty, you know, this, this podcast is all about business and virtue. So where do those two intersect for you? It's a part of my fiber. Uh, I, there were times I would leave jobs because I thought that leadership was toxic or they weren't respectful to people. Huh. Um, I did stay in roles probably longer than I should, but I also knew that I needed to toughen up a bit. I worked in a male dominated industry, you know, right out of college. I was very sensitive. And there were times when I thought I really have to toughen up. And it, it hasn't been until the last, I don't know, the last 10 years, we're bringing back that soft part of me is the best part of me. It's the most powerful part of me. 
So the toughening up process, while it may have had to happen so that I could survive in certain situations and even thrive, I'm really very happy with bringing that back into my life now. You know, the pandemic has opened up many opportunities for kindness and empathy and honestly, just being who you are. It's okay to be exactly who you are now. Yeah, I love that. We had someone on the show who's a senior vice president of HR operations, and he was talking about how he helps his client base in, in leading and being their most genuine self. And yeah, you know what's so weird to me, Marty? It's like in, in my own organization, working on building this culture that's like very loving, very empathetic, very understanding, um, and that puts people first. And then, and then, you know, as you kind of mentioned, but we also serve a wide array of client base. And so sometimes you interact with those that for newer clients that it, it, sometimes it can be very daunting of like, whoa, like that, that type of stuff is like still talked about, like, you know, what would almost be like locker room talk, you know, and, and, and yeah, so I can kind of understand what you're saying, where, where it's like, it almost kind of has you kind of like hardened. Because otherwise, you know, you're just like, it, it can definitely affect your soul in that regard, too. It can. It, I, I, um, I have an experience, and maybe it's a short little story, but that comment about locker room talk, I grew up with locker room talk. And I grew up in a house of like five girls and two boys. So we didn't have locker room talk in our family. Hmm. Uh, I was pretty uh, naive when it came to the world. But when I got out into the tech world of business, it was pretty crazy. People uh, talked in, in language that I had never heard in my household. And I used to just think, does this really happen? And I found out it, it really did. And I had to figure out, now how do I navigate my way in and around this? And, and luckily, I, I found out that some of those very same people had sides to themselves that were, were extremely wonderful and actually full of virtue. Some of them helped me with my career and really helped me find other jobs in the future. What I discovered through all that is there are two sides to people and people that may end up being toxic at some point. They may be doing it because of a situational experience that they're going through. And they may not exactly be like that through and through. And so it's the power to see, uh, to not make judgments on people. They could just be having a bad day or a bad month or even a bad year. Have you been feeling unfulfilled? You want to be happy, but just continue to struggle. One of the best ways to experience joy is by caring for the homeless. A charity I've grown to love, River of Light, food rescues a million meals per year for the needy in Chicago. Imagine how that make you feel, knowing that you're helping feed children and veterans. To make a tax-deductible donation, visit riveralightchicago.org. Again, riveralightchicago.org. No one should go to bed hungry. Yeah, agreed. And, and the more the wall that you put up, the, the harder that it is to ultimately be able to break through that too. So, so yeah, I think the, the, the no judgment zone and to just continue to love them through it 
is is always a good principle. But you know, as you as you stated, there are some times where you feel like you know what I don't think this is helping me become the best version of myself, and you have to be able to put up your boundaries. And if they keep being broken, you get to a point where you realize you know I probably need to maybe move on because this is not where I'm called to be in this moment. Um, so Marty, I wanted to kind of ask you within your, your work now, what is your atypical client and, and what is the, the problem that you usually solve for them? Uh, I, I solve stagnation in the workplace and, and I'll, I'll share really the story of it all. So stagnating in your tracks is a really big problem. A lot of people got laid off, really stressed out um, through the pandemic. Um, a lot of people's roles and jobs, transportation industry is really suffering. The hospitality industry is really suffering. Other ones are growing. And so where I come in is I now help individuals understand their strengths and their thoughts and what they can bring to the marketplace and find their roles in this increasingly complex and ever-changing environment. I talk about career agility. If you can't adapt to change, you're going to left, be left behind. I help people stay current and find, and find their place. And I often say, I help people give a damn about their jobs. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it sounds like a little crass, but caring very deeply about what you do comes out in everything that you do in your personal and professional life. Hmm. Yeah, it was, it was, I work with individual, I work with individuals. Got it. Got it. So, so could you maybe give us like a, a, a testimonial or a success story in working with one of your clients where you help them through transformation in this regard? So an example would be, uh, I'll use an example of someone who is in the middle of change, lost their role in a major bank, actually a global bank. Hmm. And the reality was he was really tired of the type of role. He was a data analytics person. He used to help money managers across the globe from major uh, institutions make decisions about money movement. And he did that with data. And he did that with technology. And he got to a point where, you know what, this isn't really fulfilling for me. I'm really good at it. I'm really good at spreadsheets. I'm really good at software programs. But what is it that I can do to have some sort of purpose? And he found a way in that of thinking about overlapping his area of expertise and his interests. He did a lot of research in in the process and decided that, you know what, cybercrime and cybersecurity is a big opportunity. And I want to help prevent that so that people and organizations are not harmed. So he went into it with the, 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 the spirit of fighting fraud. And he put on his LinkedIn profile, aspiring fraud, fraud fighter. So like I, I recommend anyone who's looking for something, if you're an aspiring data analyst or you know, an aspiring um, you know, uh, digital marketer, to put that right in the headline 
of your LinkedIn profile because it shows your intention and it shows that that's where you're headed. So it's that kind of transformation. And this is something uh, very interesting about this person too. He took a lot of extra time. He's got three children. He took a lot of extra time during his work uh, layoff to take longer walks, to understand who he is. He participated in job search work teams with other people who were in the middle of their career that were going through similar things. He worked with career coaches. So he asked for help and he worked very hard on himself, working on things like self-awareness and trying to find what it is that's next, that is going to be something that fills him with purpose instead of just ritual. So Marty, you talked about, you know, leading with passion. Why do you care and why do you do the work that you do? I want to unearth the barriers that get in front of people taking action. When people stagnate, they're, they're, not, they're not growing, they're not moving. So my advice to people is when change is happening, don't do nothing. It is a perilous route to stand there and not at least take an observation about what's happening, noticing the trends and then taking action. Movement and mobility are just critical key components of a successful life. I'm just, so I, I can totally understand like the, the work that you do, but I'm just trying to understand like, was there a moment in your own like career that just you kind of felt like you were in that and then you didn't want other people to go through that? Or was that just like a matter of like seeing this need to be able to help other people just trying to like really get a sense for like what pulls your heartstrings, Marty. Okay. The story really started when I was 13 years old. I was diagnosed with scoliosis, curvature of the spine. Mm -hmm. That meant my back was crooked and it was going to be continue getting crooked unless there was some sort of intervention. So before I entered high school, I was fit up with uh, something that they called the Milwaukee brace. And I was immobilized from my chin all the way down to my hips. I had bars going down the back, going down the center. So I was full of hardware and lacked any movement or mobility. It was hard to sit, it was hard to take a bus. He had to really give up swimming, cheerleading, all the things that were important to me. And it wasn't just one day, it wasn't just one year that I had that. It was I think 1,277 days. It was three and a half years that I wore that brace. and. A lot of who we are today happens when we're, when we're younger. And while I wore that brace, I had two choices. And, and part of the time I did the first choice, I dug my heels in and I hid. I hid from life. You know, even relatives would come over and I'd go up to the upstairs bedroom because I didn't want anybody to see me with this brace. Oh. And it was devastating to enter my high school years in that way. And my neck was up like this, so I couldn't really hide at all. But while I wore that brace, 
I made the second choice, which was the only thing that I had control over was my mental mobility and my mental agility at the time. So I made the friends that I could with my extra hardware. So I had different friends that I probably would have had, more serious-minded people. We liked to study, got really good grades, had, had my choice of colleges when I graduated because the grades were good. And honestly, if you're, if you're spending that much time studying, um, you're, you're gonna get pretty good at something. And the other thing that I did during that time that I wore the brace, I imagined every day what I was gonna do when the brace came off, Christopher. I imagined doing cartwheels. I imagined swimming. I imagined running. I imagined doing artwork. There wasn't a thing that I couldn't imagine that I didn't feel like I could do. And when I got that brace off when I was a junior in high school, I joined the play. I joined cheerleading. I, I, I joined all of it. I tried out for all of it. Didn't even know if I could make it and did all of it. And by the time I went to college, there was just no stopping me. You know, no money for college, no problem. I, I figured out how to get loans. Uh, no car to get me to the junior college for the first two years, no problem. I got, you know, an old VW car that was falling apart that I was able to use to get back and forth to the junior college. Uh, no money, no problem. Get, I'll get two jobs. I'll get another job. I'll get a job at the local grocery store, at the Safeway or the Dominic's. And so it's, it's these kinds of things that are at the heart of who I am today because it, my instinct is move and take a risk. Hope that answers that, Christopher, because I think you were digging for something deeper. Yeah, it, it definitely does. I did not see that coming at all. <laughs> so you catch me uh, by surprise here a little bit, but that's a, it's a beautiful story. And uh, it's interesting, you know, as you were telling it, I was just thinking just like in each of these episodes and kind of like in a season of episodes that I just see these common threads that keep coming up. And, and in, in this particular instance, like, I, I just like, like, I just in my own mindfulness and prayer life, I've been like, kind of just like discerning, like suffering and, and what that means for individuals and the way to look at that. And, and was, you know, just recently talking with another guest about, about, the blessings that can come through sufferings if we see them as opportunities and promotional opportunities to live in a, in a higher way of living. And for you, clearly that, that was an opportunity for you that just like, I just like, I just kept on like seeing this like image of fire for you, like how on fire you are to like, you know, when you're sitting there literally immobile for that amount of time. And then as soon as like, you know, like for someone like you that has so much energy and passion that like, and being able to like, kind of just have to be uh, stuck in this moment in time. But then as soon as those restrictions are off, and you're just like, boom, 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 and no one can get in your way and, and how that transcends into the work that you're doing today. So whew, I love it. That's absolutely It's the constraints. I, I used to be a designer. I used to be a graphic designer. And one of the things I learned I is- I saw that at, at our uh, alma mater at uh, U of I. Yeah, yeah, you and I, and um, absolutely loved the profession and, and just love working with creative people. And the thing that we used to say, it's the constraints that are within the client or the design process are what makes the solution so elegant and beautiful. Hmm. 
You know, so living within constraints can be a very beautiful thing and can have some incredibly surprising results. Now, reckless abandon can also be that way, mm-hmm. but there's no reason to be upset if there's lots of constraints in your life either. Well, Marty, definitely uh, love being able to uh, dive in deep with you about the work that you're doing today and, and excited to see the way that it blesses other people uh, in their work. How can people get a hold of the work that you're, you're doing? They can get a hold, and I'm going to spell it out. MartyConstant.com is my website, M-A-R-T-I-K-O-N-S-T-A-N-T.com. And there they can sign up for an Agility Think newsletter and be aware of my Agility framework for job search that's going to be launching in the next couple months. That's wonderful. And and obviously through these times, that's definitely needed today. And uh, so thank you for offering that to the world and uh, excited to, to uh, see you continue on your journey and looking forward to continuing the dialogue with you too, Marty. Thanks, Christopher. Hey, no problem. Take care. Hey, Chris here. Hope you enjoyed the episode where we discussed all things going bald. <laughs> Just joking. If you enjoyed the episode and the podcast, will you please subscribe on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Or you could also share it with a friend. That would be tubular. I hope you have an awesome day.